Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Thank you for joining us on Community Focus, where we look at the issues that matter in South Florida and the people and organizations that are making a difference. One of the things that it's important for us to connect with, and sometimes we take for granted when we live here a long time, is the historical places in our community. And one of our little treasures, what I like to call them, is Bonnet House, which is located, for anyone who's not been there, uh, just south of Sunrise Boulevard between A1A and the Intracoastal, right across from Hugh Taylor Birch Park. And you're going to hear why that location is so nearby. I'm so happy to welcome the CEO of Bonnet House Museum and Gardens, Patrick Shevlosky. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me, Ellen. I appreciate it. Well, you know, after looking through the Bonnet House website, Patrick, you are so blessed to be CEO at such a beautiful place. And I really want to recommend to people, and I believe they will follow through with this when we're finished talking, that they give a gift to the community and to themselves and make a resolution for the new year by A, supporting Bonnet House, B, buying tickets for themselves to go see Bonnet House, and C, making that a resolution to see part of South Florida's history. Tell us, first of all, how did you come to be at Bonnet House and be the CEO? Well, I had actually wanted to, to live in Florida for some time. I'm from Indiana originally. And uh, the winters were getting a little uh, burdensome up there. And so like many people, I decided to give South Florida a try. And so I came here in 2005. I was hired to be the property's first full-time director of development. So I was in charge of fundraising for my first years here at Bonnet House. That was from 2005 until 2016. And in 2017, I was lucky enough to be hired by the board of directors to be the museum's next CEO. How wonderful. And just the environment that you're in, and people will learn more about it as you describe it, with nature all around you and artworks all around you. That's got to be so relaxing to walk into work every day. <laughs> well, it is. I, you know, I will be honest and say that there are still challenges to managing a 35-acre estate. But the fact that it is here is really a remarkable testament to Evelyn Bartlett and the community that has supported us over the years. Although, as you said, um, we would love to see more people know what is near the corner of Sunrise Boulevard and A1A. Okay, so first let's do the history of Bonnet House, because as I mentioned, it relates to Hugh Taylor Birch, who we know from the park. But there's a connection there. Let's start with that. There is a connection. So Hugh Taylor Birch came down in the late 1890s to explore South Florida, and he fell in love with the area. It was a very different South Florida then. Imagine a barrier island where there was one person living on that island, (laughs) and the rest of it the rest of it was just coastal wilderness. You mean there and were no clubs with wet t-shirt contests? <laughs> <laughs> there was nothing like that. A1A was a dirt path that ran, ran along the barrier island. 
So it was a completely different kind of environment, but Birch loved it. He thought it was the most beautiful place that he'd ever encountered, and he made it a point to come back over the years and bought up about three miles of the coastline to have a winter residence where he and his daughter, Helen Birch, could come and enjoy Florida's winters. And Florida met another Chicagoan. His name was Frederick Bartlett. He was from a family who owned Hibber, Spencer, and Bartlett Hardware. They were the largest wholesaler of hardware in the United States at that time. Uh, today, it's known as True Value Hardware. Yes. So, and, Yes, and there was every expectation that Frederick would go into the family business, but he was inspired to become an artist, and his family agreed, and he went off and trained at the Royal Academy in Munich, came back to the United States, had a very successful career in Chicago, um, there he met Helen Birch, and Hugh Taylor Birch gave Frederick and Helen this parcel to build a winter home on so they could enjoy Fort Lauderdale's winters. And they turned it into this remarkable, beautiful estate with nature and, of course, with Frederick being an artist, there was a lot of his artwork. But the story continues with, sadly, the early passing of Helen and then his next wife, who really came in and furthered the artworks. That's correct. Um, You know, Helen and Frederick actually spent a lot of time traveling in the six years that they were married before she sadly died from cancer. They did spend time here, but it was with Frederick's marriage to Evelyn Fortune Lilly, Um, that Bonnet House can trace back how it looks today due to her input and her own sense of decor and and art. Um, So it, it was a transformational moment when Frederick and Helen married. Okay, so I understand that there is a tremendous eco, there are multiple ecosystems on the property. And this is really important for South Florida. You know, we're always concerned about the environment and especially being so close to the ocean, but to be able to preserve these ecosystems is critical to our survival. Can you talk about that? Yes. No, it's, it's absolutely critical. And that's one of the things that's very special about Bonnet House is because from the time construction began here in 1920 until today, the basic um, layout and terrain of the property has not been disturbed. So when you come to Bonnet House, you have a chance to see the barrier island pretty much as it was back in the early 1900s. So you have the beach, the Atlantic Ocean Beach, that then gives way to a coastal hammock and then a, a freshwater slough that has freshwater fish, a secondary dune, which is where Bonnet House itself is located. It's the highest point on Fort Lauderdale Beach at 14 feet above sea level. And then the land goes back down towards the intracoastal and becomes a mangrove wetland. So it's it's really remarkable that in this small space between the tideline of the Atlantic Ocean and the intracoastal, that you actually do have five very distinct ecological zones on this one piece of property. So it's just a very special place. Yes. In fact, it's a historic place, right? Yes, yes. We've been um, on the National Register of Historic Places for nearly 40 years. 
We were recognized by the Department of the Interior as part of the Save America's Treasures program, and we're also a city of Fort Lauderdale historic landmark. So we are very much a historic as well as an organization that prides itself on preserving its ecological heritage. And a nonprofit as well. So remember, if you are able to make a donation... Consider your end of year taxes. <laughs> that's that's right. All donations received by Bonnet House by the end of the year are deductible as a charitable contribution. Now, there's a very special way to make a donation, and I want to get to that later, a way to spend a night at Bonnet House. But first, let's go more into what people will experience when they come to Bonnet House. You mentioned 35 acres. How much of that can you see in one visit? Well, admittedly, a lot of that 35 acres is, is mangrove wetlands. So it's, it's not a place that you would probably want to, to venture into. But there's still a, a large section of the property, probably a good 20 acres, I would say, that is, is open for exploration. So not only the historic home, but there's a nature trail that goes through the barrier island. And uh, so there, there really is still a significant amount of the property that can be explored. Is that where the paddle and kayak adventure tours come in? So those are actually down on the Intracoastal Waterway. They're um, a beach. We're actually the only beach that I know of in Broward County that is left on the Intracoastal Waterway. Most every place else has seawalls. So we are one of the last places where there's a naturally occurring beach, and we have partnered with Fort Lauderdale Adventures to offer kayak and paddleboard tours that launch from the Intracoastal Beach down there. Okay. And then inside. So you come in the front door at Bonnet House, and you're going to be stunned by all of this artwork that's 100 years old and more recent, but a lot of it goes back to when they were first living there. That's true. That's true. An interesting point, Ellen, is when you come into the front door, you're not actually going to be going inside. You're going to be going into a a courtyard garden um, that is absolutely spectacular in the contrast it provides between the desert garden outside and then this beautiful tropical courtyard. So it's, it's a quintessential Florida house in that the inside and the outside are almost seamless and how one environment transitions to the other. Our special thing is is that we have a tremendous art collection on top of that that really just crowns everything. Now, that was obviously, as you mentioned, Frederick Bartlett was an artist. He did not go into the family hardware business. He was taken by art. And, you know, obviously, some of his art had to have been inspired by South Florida and the reason he moved here. Some of his art was. Although most of the art that we do have here was done in his later career, and much of it was done here at Bonnet House, and you're correct, it was inspired by Bonnet House. He's most well known for his work, though, in the 1890s and early 1900s. We kind of have his fun artwork when he was doing it for his own, his own amusement and joy, not to sell. Okay, and then... His last wife, Evelyn, part of the Lilly family, who eventually became a Bartlett. I understand that she had natural artistic talent, although she wasn't trained like he was, and she also did a tremendous amount of painting. That's correct. She had had ability as an artist from early on, and we have some examples of her earliest work from her high school days, Mm. believe it or not, um, where the talent was, was very much evident. 
but she was never encouraged to pursue her artwork. And when she was married to Eli Lilly, she was from the Fortune family in Indianapolis. And when she was married to Eli Lilly, he never really encouraged her in any of her artistic endeavors. But when when that marriage ended and she met Frederick, she blossomed as not only an individual, but as an artist, because Frederick discovered this natural talent that she had and encouraged her to pursue uh, her, her own artwork. So it's it's really a remarkable story of love and art here. That's a, you, you took the words out of my mouth. I was going to say, what a beautiful picture of a romance and of a relationship that is happy and functional where two people bring out the best in each other. Most definitely so. We have a, in our archives a charming letter that she wrote on her honeymoon with Frederick, and she described him as just the most perfect man that she'd ever met. So <laughs> it, it, was, it, was, it was a true love match between the two. That is just so sweet. And her work is on display. You've got the Carl J. Weinhardt Gallery. How does the artwork present throughout Bonnet House? Well, the uh, Weinhardt Gallery, those were actually originally guest bedrooms. And when the property became a museum back in 1983 and museum professionals came on site, that's when they discovered this incredible collection of art that Evelyn herself had painted here in the 1930s. So the, the tour of Bonnet House starts with an introductory video in the Weinhardt Gallery, where people also have a chance to see many of Mrs. Bartlett's paintings. And from there, the tour unfolds, um, and you, you see the house as an artist haven and as a spot for enjoying the beautiful weather that we have here in the winter in Florida. Can you take us through kind of a virtual tour from the moment we walk in and see that video? Where do we go? So from that point, you would go back into the courtyard. Uh, it's almost like a cloister of the courtyard. There's a covered walkway that goes around the perimeter of the courtyard. A lot of uh, animals, carved animals, are on display on the tables around the courtyard. Mrs. Bartlett collected those animals, mostly from Southeast Asia, um, from an antique shop in Palm Beach. But those are all on display around the courtyard. And then guests enter the studio, which was where Frederick painted, and Evelyn as well, but it was purposefully built as an artist's studio with a great two-story north window that lets in the muted light so that he could pursue his painting. Um, it's one of the largest rooms, probably the largest room on site, uh, which, which really gives a testament to the fact that Bonnet House was a place for artists to come and create work in the winter months. Right. And then from there, You'll proceed further around the courtyard. You'll go into the butler's pantry and the dining room, which wasn't used for dinner that much. Most of their meals were taken outside in, in the weather, beautiful weather here in the winter months. But it was used for breakfast, and it has very much a Germanic feel to it, which seems out of place for South Florida, but it fits in the environment here. Okay. And that's really, it shows Frederick's affinity for his art student days in Munich in the 1890s. We have a large collection of his beer steins <laughs> that are on display. <laughs> okay. Um, so it was, um, it, it shows the real artist eye of both Frederick and Evelyn, that so many different things can come together and form a home that is unlike any other that you will ever see. Okay. Now, where do we go from the art studio? 
So from the art studio, you'll go through a loggia, which is a, a covered um, walkway that, that looks out onto the Atlantic Ocean on one side and to the courtyard on the other. It has a lot of Frederick's decorative painting in there, as well as some shell decorative elements that he added around the doors, and then into the drawing room which is, has recently just been restored. We've got a fresh coat of paint on the, the walls in the drawing room. It probably looks the best that it has in, in decades. And you will, you will see the original tile floor uh, was made in a town that was called Ogis, which is yes. actually down... Yeah. Everybody yes. went well, to Ogis heard... Elementary, of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was down Aventura would be where most people would know Ogis today. But there was a tile factory there. So the tiles were actually made here in South Florida. And even the bricks, the concrete blocks that were used to build Bonnet House were built on site here. So we're really very much a creation of, of the Florida environment as, as well as a working artist. And what's fascinating is that those have held up since the 1890s, even though I know there was some damage to the gardens when we had both Katrina and Wilma. That's correct. But the house itself uh, was, was cited correctly. Frederick and uh, Hugh Taylor Birch selected just about the most perfect site on Fort Lauderdale Beach to build a home. It's the high point on the ocean. So we've never had storm surge problems. I say that very cautiously. We hope we never do. Right. But it was built uh, in such a way that took an advantage of the high point uh, on the beach. And we've been very lucky over the years. Although you are correct, the grounds had a lot of damage yeah. in the 2005 hurricanes. Okay. Well, you know, and, and you got to be the person as the, the director of development at the time who um, I'm sure had a lot to do with repairing things and putting it back to the way it should be. And of course, it's all restored now. And I understand that starting in January, both floors of Bonnet House will be open for tours. Yes, that's correct. We actually were very fortunate to receive a grant earlier this year in 2023 to restore the second floor bedrooms. And much like the drawing room, they look the best that they have in years. They all have a fresh coat of paint on the walls. Um, we have restored some of the lampshades and, and furnishings, uh, new upholstery where needed, obviously preserving as, as much of the original as we could. But it, it will be a real treat, I think, for visitors to to see both floors of Bonnet House. That's a special tour, I should add. That's only on Wednesdays. Um, the second floor is somewhat fragile. It was never really designed to have hundreds of people going through it. So we try to limit the number of people that are on the second floor for preservation purposes. Okay. Now, I have to say, every time you mention that courtyard, I feel my entire body relaxing. I just can picture being there with the trees and the shade and in the midst of all this nature and feeling wonderful. And for those who choose to spend a night at the museum, I'm guessing that they can sit there a little bit. Well, certainly. That, that's a very special program that we actually instituted during COVID to raise additional funds for Bonnet House. We've, we've had requests over the years from people who've said they would like to stay at Bonnet House for a night. And uh, we, we actually put together a program 
uh, where people have the chance to do that. They come uh, in the evening, enjoy cocktails and a wonderful dinner that is, is catered and the menu is designed with the guests in mind. One of the upstairs was actually a maid's bedroom that uh, we have converted into use for our brides. We have weddings here at Bonnet House, so brides can use that room to get ready for their weddings. But we also do have it set up that it can be used for an overnight stay. So it, it is an exclusive use of the 35-acre estate for two people and breakfast, a, a wonderful catered breakfast the next morning, either um, you know on the, on the veranda overlooking the ocean or overlooking the courtyard. We work with guests to, to get just exactly what they would like as best we can. That is truly an unusual and extraordinary experience, a unique experience. And, you know, one of the reasons I bring it up, you mentioned that you got a grant to redo that second floor. So, again, reminding us that you are a nonprofit organization. And so you rely on grants or these special events like spending a night at the museum, which counts as a donation. Yes, we rely on a variety of means to make ends meet from just coming and visiting Bonnet House. You know, just an ordinary tour admission helps us achieve our mission. So certainly admissions, grants and contributions, our, our weddings and event rental program, it all comes together to help make us uh, achieve our $3 million budget every year. Okay. One of your biggest fundraisers of the year, and this was another one of Evelyn's passions, was orchids. And you've got the International Orchid and Garden Festival in April. What is that experience like? So that's, we're still very proud of that event. It's it's grown tremendously over the years. Uh, we bring in 40 vendors, um, specialty orchid vendors. So these aren't the, the kind of orchids you're going to pick up at a big box retailer. These are really specially bred orchids of various varieties. We have some visitors or some vendors, I should say, who come from overseas. So it truly is an international orchid festival. That's on April the 6th and 7th. We get about 1,500 visitors each day for that event. And um, this year we're doing something really fun with it. We're offering a tropical luau from 11 to 2. That that will be a VIP experience. But in addition to getting admission to the Orchid Festival, people will be treated to a tropical luau on the veranda, which should be a lot of fun and uh, go very well with the, the orchids that we have for sale. Absolutely. And then, of course, all year round, you've got educational programs and there are also classes and lectures for adults. Uh, what kind of educational programs? Yes, we offer a variety of educational programs. Most of our classes are inspired by Bonnet House and its heritage one way or another. So as you might imagine, art classes are a big part of our adult education program. We offer acrylic and watercolor classes. We have a calligraphy class. We also offer orchid cultivation classes taught by our orchid curator, birding classes. So if you want to identify the the birds on the flight path uh, along the Atlantic coast here, we have opportunities for that. And we also have yoga as well. So that's an opportunity for people to come and just kind of soak in the environment on a beautiful, beautiful morning. And if you want to get a preview, there is also virtual learning. And the website is bonnethouse.org. One of the things you're going to see there is volunteer positions. And this is another way you can support Bonnet House. There are quite a few different positions for volunteers. 
what kind of skills do people need and what are the positions that you're looking for? We offer a variety of of volunteer opportunities, everything from being a, a docent in the rooms to helping on the grounds, maintaining the grounds is a huge endeavor for us. And we have a very dedicated group of volunteers who come in and help maintain the gardens. They had a green thumb when they had larger properties and with smaller condos that that don't have access to outdoor gardening. If people have a passion for that, we can help them fulfill that passion here at Bonnet House, even if they don't have a backyard here to work on. And is that something that people can apply for online or should they call? Uh, It's probably best to call. Uh, You can submit a form online for for interest, but you can certainly call Bonnet House. Uh, Linda Schaller is our Director of Volunteers and Education Programs, and she would be the person to talk to not only about enrolling in classes, but being a volunteer. And what's that phone number? So Linda Schaller can be reached at 954-703-2600. And she would love to hear from anyone who's interested in volunteering. Okay. I recommend that you start with a visit to bonnethouse.org because that will get you so excited about wanting to see everything that is at Bonnet House Museum and Gardens. I called it a local treasure. It truly is. It's a historic location. And, you know, there aren't that many places left in South Florida that are as they were 125 years ago. And one of the really interesting things that you talk about in the history is that there are remnants from Native American tribes that were here 4,000 years ago on that property. That's correct. There is a shell midden here on site that shows evidence of human habitation going back that far. So it it just underscores what a tremendous resource is right here in Fort Lauderdale. Okay, so if you love nature, if you love birds and trees and orchids and artwork and beautiful buildings, (laughs) and if you love tranquility, Bonnet House is somewhere that you want to visit you don't have to wait until 2024. I know it's only a week away, but you know, like I said, you might want to do this as a last minute gift for someone for Christmas tomorrow. Well worth your time. And Patrick, you've given us such a beautiful overview of what it's like. I can't wait to hear the response from people who go for the first time and see what's right in our backyard, just south of Sunrise between A1A and the Intracoastal. Is there anything else you want our listeners to know before we close up? The only thing I would say is that when you visit bonnethouse.org, think of that as a gateway. Uh, it's, a, it's a wonderful way to, to learn a little bit more about what is here. But what is so special about Bonnet House is the sense of place that we provide that is so different from the built-up and sometimes hectic world of South Florida. So please use the website as a gateway to learn more and plan a visit and take a deep breath and enjoy Bonnet House and all we have to offer when you come. And I'm going to transpose a couple of letters in Gateway and turn it into a getaway also, a place to get away from the stress and just feel some tranquility. I I can't thank you enough for giving us this virtual tour. Again, the website is bonnethouse.org. It's the Bonnet House Museum and Gardens. Mark April 6th and 7th on your calendar now for the International Orchid Festival. Happens every year and Uh, You don't want to miss that luau (laughs) for the first time. (laughs) 
So, Patrick Shavlosky, uh, you are a treasure yourself. I thank you for the time you've invested in Bonnet House and for your passion about it and for keeping one of these treasures alive in South Florida. Thank you very much. It's, it's my honor and sincere pleasure. And a Merry Christmas to you and everyone at Bonnet House and to all of our listeners as well. Thank you. And thank you for listening to Community Focus this morning. If you have questions about today's show or would like to suggest a topic, please feel free to email me at ellen.jaffe, J-A-2-F-S-1-E, at cmg.com. You can also leave comments on our open mic feature on our app that you can download from the iTunes or App Store. We'd love to know what you think. And please join us again next Sunday for an all-new edition of Community Focus. Have a great day. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.